0: Hispanic Heritage Month is coming up in a few weeks, pero la fiesta comienza hoy. Yes, we are starting the celebration today, so stay tuned for what I have got cooked up for you. Welcome back or welcome for the first time if you're just joining us and this is your first episode of the Her Neto Matters podcast. I'm really excited to have you here. This is Jen Hemphill, your host, and today we're going to be talking about Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes, it's starting off in a few weeks, but we're going to get the party started today. Now, I'm really excited about today's episode, not only because I have some interesting things to share with you, but I finally figured out the mystery of why Hispanic Heritage Month starts on September 15th. It has been bugging me for a while, and now the mystery... Is mystery no more. Of course, if you know the why behind this, why it starts on September 15th and you didn't share with me. Okay, I think you and I will have to have some words. Okay, you know I'm being just humorous here, right? (laughs) All right. Well. As I prepared for this episode, I came to the realization that I didn't know when Hispanic Heritage Month started. All I knew was that when we moved to the US when I was eight years old, I don't remember it existing. This was 1983. And of course, I was just a kid, eight years old. My priorities were learning English because hey, I was trying to keep up with everybody playing with friends, bike rides, defending myself because I was the only female in the household. And Goodness, nothing has changed. (laughs) Still to this day, watching Little House on the Prairie, are there any Little House on the Prairie fans? You know, I'm going a little off tangent here. Like now, when I've watched it, it creeps me out. (laughs) Still, it creeps me out more. Anyways, I also was focused on not standing out so much because at that time, I was the only Latina, I think, in the whole school, in the whole elementary school. Of course, doing a quick Google search took care of the question of when it started. I found out that Hispanic Heritage Month, the observation event, like the discussion of, hey, we need to celebrate Latinos, Hispanics, Latinx, this started in 1968. It was actually introduced by a California congressman by the name of George E. Brown. He saw the need to recognize the contributions of our community at the peak of the civil rights movement at this time what happened it only was for a week then in 1987 u.s representative esteban I. E. torres of california proposed to make it into 31 days to give more time hello we still even need more time after a month right and that way it gives us more time to recognize and celebrate the contributions of our community however it was not enacted into law until 1988. And it was then it was at that time in 1988, when it was made a 30 day period. So why does it start mid month? This is something that has bugged me. But then again, in retrospect, I never even searched as to why it just bugged me. But it's simple to just do a Google search and you finally find the answer. So all this time I could have not been bothered by it if I had just searched out the answer. (laughs) I have always joked that it started because we stereotypically are always running late. But the actual valid reason of why Hispanic Heritage Month starts September 15th, and y'all, I am suddenly feeling smarter, is because they decided to make it start September 15th because it marks... The Independence Day of various Latin American countries like Costa Rica, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua. Also, Mexico or Mexico and Chile celebrate their Independence Day. Mexico on the 16th, Chile on the 18th. And even though not many people are fans of Columbus Day anymore, Columbus Day also falls within this 30-day period. So mystery solved and I feel better now, don't you? Of course, if you knew this, message me or maybe not. I don't know because I want to have some words with those people if you never told me the reasoning for this. Again, I could have done a quick Google search. Why didn't I think of that? The simplest things are like right in front of you and you just don't manage to do it. I don't know. (laughs) Now, I also wanted to share with you Some fun facts about our community, because one is a military spouse. This one thing stood out for me. Our community, our Latinx community, Hispanic community, Latino community, however you resonate of who we are, has fought in every war going back to the Revolutionary War. We have fought on and off American soil and more than 1.2 million vets are of Hispanic or Latino descent. And another fun fact is not only are we the largest group, we are the most complex group as well because we can be of any race and also be Latino. There's Afro-Latinos. So we can be of any race and also be Latino. So we are the most complex group out there, the most complex, but we're just awesome. And another thing that I found interesting are with the surnames or last names, our family name. So, Garcia, if your last name is Garcia, it is the sixth most common surname or last name in the United States out of all surnames. This is not out of our Latino-Hispanic names. I'm talking about out of all the names in the United States. It's the sixth most common I want you to let that sink in out of all everybody's last name in the whole United States. Let that sink in. And Rodriguez, so if your last name is Rodriguez, that takes the ninth spot. So Garcia is the sixth and Rodriguez takes the ninth spot. And where I got this from, I'll link in in the show notes. And out of all of the names, out of all of the last names, surnames, family names, however you want to reference it, you can probably guess which one is number one. It's Smith. It's not Latino or Hispanic. So I want you to just let that sink in because what is more interesting is that back in 1990, there were no Spanish names, language surnames, last names, family names even on the top 15 lists of most common family names. Back in 1990, which is what? More than 20 years ago. (laughs) I can't even do the math. Not too long ago because I was alive in 1990. I was more than a teen (laughs) or no, I was a teen in 1990. So that doesn't seem like far away from, you know, too far from me. Back in 1990, there was no Latino, Hispanic names on even the top 15 most common, and now we've got several that are already there, like Garcia, like Rodriguez. So this says a lot about how big, and we already know we're a big group within the United States, but it says a lot about how big we are, how even bigger we are growing in terms of how many of us there are of us in the United States. And to that, another fact, so I've shared with you some facts about us in the military. I shared with you some facts about being the most complex and the largest. I share the fact about the surnames, which is really interesting. And then the fourth fun fact that I wanted to share is that in 2060, the U.S. is projected to be the second most populous country of Spanish speakers after Mexico. Let that sink in. Again, in the year 2060, the U.S. is projected to be the second most populous country of Spanish speakers after Mexico. I say for those in the U.S. having a problem with us Spanish speakers speaking Spanish here in the U.S., um, you're going to be out of luck, my friend. (laughs) Before we continue, I have a brief message to share. Her Matters is supported by First Republic Bank. Now more than ever, First Republic's priority is serving their clients and communities. Their personalized banking solutions go deeper than a transaction. For over 30 years, First Republic has striven to leave a positive impact on the communities they serve. From presenting grants to nonprofits in need to going the extra mile to connect individuals experiencing hardship with fair loans, the bank is focused on doing the right thing. No matter what your financial goals are, your dedicated First Republic banker will be there to guide you every step of the way. Visit firstrepublic.com today to learn more. That's firstrepublic.com member FDIC, equal housing lender. The other thing that I wanted to share as well in celebration of Hispanic Heritage Month is an article that I found, which I found interesting and I'm hoping before we jump into today's content, keep your ears peeled for a unique reveal I'll be sharing midway through the show. It's something special just for you. Hoping you will too. This article that I found talks about the culture code for money. Again, I'm linking all the resources of where I found this, this article in the show notes, So that way you can refer to that. So this article, again, talks about what's, what they refer to the culture code for money, which I found fascinating. And if you have been with me for any amount of time, you know that I'm really big of how money is not the same for everyone, that there's no cookie cutter approach to personal finance. This is why it's called personal finance. It's personal to every person and their own individual situation and needs. And that's a big reason of why I do this podcast. In addition that that traditional money advice of save more, spend less, get out of debt that I talk about is not enough. And I talk about that in my book called Her Money Matters. When I came across this article, I knew I wanted to share this with you. This article is actually meant for companies wanting to market to us, and I thought it was interesting. The title of it is called The Culture Code for Money, The Insider's Guide, and of course, again, it will be linked in today's show notes. So here's what I want to share in terms of the article, because what I want you to keep in mind as I share these little tidbits from the article is that I think it's really important in our individual financial journey. So, when I share this, I want you to think to your own financial journey and see how it interconnects or maybe how it doesn't. But I think you'll find that it does. Let's dig in into what is a culture code. And this definition is taken directly from this article that, again, I'm linking in the show notes. And I quote, from this article. A culture code is the representation of our cultural understanding of a physical or abstract object. A full set of culture codes form the cultural unconscious, which is hidden from our understanding, but is seen in our actions. So again, it's hidden from our understanding, but it's seen in our actions because this is It's in the form of what they refer to the cultural unconscious. All right, so let's continue. And I quote, in terms of the definition, these culture codes or mental structures are formed in early stage and these strong imprints placed in people's subconscious are determined by the culture in which they are raised. This is why people from different cultures have such different reactions to the same things end of quote. I really thought that was interesting because as you know, or you may not know, but the journey of this podcast started as her money matters. So it was general women and money. And as I went, I realized they need that. Yes, how we manage money in our Latino or in any culture for anyone is the same, but how we perceive money, our relationship with money, how we grew up with money, obviously, is very individual. And on top of that, our cultures have an impact. And this actually supports what I've been saying all this time and why I decided to do her at Matters and really focus on that because I'm all about going to where the need is. Now that we have an understanding of what the culture code, they also talk about the culture code for money. So the culture code for money is essentially those cultural, something is culturally unconscious. It's formed at an early age and determined by culture, but for money. And what was interesting is they shared what the American culture code for money and they in their interpretation or what they shared is that the American culture code for money is proof. And when I thought about this, when I reflected and I thought about this, I thought it was spot on because when we think about the United States, we automatically think about the opportunity in being able to realize our dreams and how some people's lives have been transformed when they move or when they immigrate to the United States. Will this culture code for money stay with proof. Who knows with what is currently happening and that actual changing perception of the US, right? Of how people outside of the US think of us. So it may be that the culture code for money may not be proof, but who knows just with everything that's going on. But I thought definitely it was spot on as to what we currently think or what we have thought of. When we think of the United States, it's that the land of opportunity and people come here and transform their lives. And that's why this article shares that the culture code for money in America or in the U.S. is proof. I'm taking a quick second to interrupt your listening to remind you. This show relies on your support to continue to grow. If you get a ton of value, it would mean everything if you can hit the follow button on wherever you listen to, share with a friend, and give us a quick and honest review. Gracias y te mando muchos abrazos. Now, what do you think they said about the cultural code for money for Latinos? They said luck, that that cultural code for money for our community is luck. Is it? What are your thoughts? Well, I definitely see where this is coming from in my own upbringing where those with money, it was always said or unsaid, right? It was just indirectly stated that those with money had good luck and those without or struggling with money didn't have that luck, right? which I see. I don't know if you had the same experience, but I think as well that this luck that they attribute as the cultural code for money for our community, for our Latinx, our Latino, Hispanic community, can really change or evolve depending on when you got to the United States. So if you were born in the US, if you just arrived three years ago, if you've been in the United States, because there's actual five different segments of Latinos. And it's also shared in this article, which when I said this, yep, this completely makes sense. And these different segments are newcomers, transitionals, transplants, maintainers, and adapters. So newcomers, transitionals, transplants are all foreign born. Uh, so that's me, right? I was foreign born. And newcomers, they've been here in- in the US less than a third of their life. That was me at one time, no longer. (laughs) And they only speak Spanish, right? In this article, they say it's about 18% of the population, by the way. If you want these stats, I just wanted to share that. And then those transitionals are also foreign-born, which they've been in the US about one to two-thirds of their life, which was me, (laughs) I'm getting older, I'm an aren't I? And the language they speak is is mostly Spanish, and it's about twenty percent of the Hispanics of the Latinos. And then the transplants are also foreign born, and they've been here a good bit part of their life, more than two thirds, and they're bilingual. And that's me now. So notice that if you're foreign born, this changes, and that cultural code for money that they say is luck for the Latino community may change over time because then there's the maintainers and the u- adapters that are both U.S. born. The maintainers are mostly bilingual and the adapters are only speaking English, right? So for them, or maybe the adapters, luck may or may not be the cultural code for me. So I am curious what you think in listening to what I shared from this article, What do you think is the cultural code for money according to how you were brought up in our community in the Latino community and let me know, DM me, send me a message on Instagram and let me know what your thoughts are. I really, really want to know. So that is it for today. I hope that you enjoyed this special episode really meant to start off the celebration for Hispanic Heritage Month. This month, I have a ton of fantastic guests and you will see that with each individual guest, there's a reason why I wanted to publish these episodes with these guests, these particular guests during Hispanic Heritage Month. Because I wanted to celebrate not just Hispanic Heritage Month, but these phenomenal women and their individual talents and skills and how amazing they are. So stay tuned for that. Before I share with you next week's episode, I want to celebrate the Reina of the Week. And this week, it's Ceci. She is one of our members in our membership program. And she shared recently that she has officially decreased the number of times that she is eating out, which equates to saving money. Hello. So that's awesome because eating out food is one of the hands down is one of the areas that we spend a ton of money on. So that is an easy area that you can save on just by eating at home, making food at home, taking lunches to work from home. Congratulations, Sissy. Also, I wanted to make sure that you knew that I can answer your questions on this podcast. Heck, I might even create a whole podcast episode about that particular question that you have. So don't be shy and ask me your questions. You can do that by going to jenhemphill.com forward slash ask Jen. It is simple to leave me a question. It can be an audio message if you choose, or Simply an email, and you can find all those details at jenhempill.com forward slash ask Jen. Next week we meet Janet Seha, a journalist who has dedicated her career to report about travel. If you love travel like I do, make sure you don't miss this episode. Bueno, pues that is everything for today. I appreciate you being here with me and taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to the show. You can check out the show notes and the links to everything I shared at jenhemphill.com forward slash 277. That is jenhemphill.com forward slash 277. Remember that being the reina of your money starts now simply by claiming it. I believe in you en so you. Nos hablaremos el próximo jueves. Chao.